Welcome back, spooky friends, to part two of the Psychic and the Beatty Mansion on PHG Paranormal. We're going to jump right back into the thick of things, and at the end of the episode, we will discuss the fate of Armstrong Beatty with our psychic. Maybe you will get a chill and goosebumps, and maybe a ghost might touch your shoulder. Was it anyone pass or does anyone now have a port? Okay. Oh, they hate that thing. Oh, God, they hate that thing. Um, is this life-saving measures? It was, yes. Okay. They're gone now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that hating that thing. Oh, I got goosebumps. That hating that thing, they're well rid of that. Nobody wants to carry that around with them. That was just a lot. And they had issues with it, too. Mm-hmm. Was there breast cancer involved? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've, I've had breast cancer, too, and I've got about 13 inches worth of scar on this side. And when I heard that, it was like a little twinge. So this was, they put it off, too. I'm saying they've kind of felt like something was wrong but didn't find out as soon as they could have. Maybe only because they just, you know, we all think it's not going to happen to us. We all think it's not going to happen. Did she have it for a long time? She had cancer for a long time. Did it show up different places? She had multiple types of cancer. Okay. Well, she was so sick of that shit. She was really tired of that. Yeah. Really tired of that, and she, plus she also knew what would do her in. But yeah. Um. She said something. Did somebody have a port? And she was on her chest, which is where they put chemo often. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Did somebody have a port?" And my grandmother, Billy, did have a port. She had had cancer. My grandmother had cancer for about fifteen years, off and on. Had multiple types of cancer, and you know, she was like, "Well, was it breast cancer?" And I said, yes, because that was the first cancer she got. and But that wasn't the only kind. And it wasn't metastasized. So she had three different types of cancer. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a breast cancer that metastasized that she fought for 14 years. Right? right. So she had breast cancer. It went into remission. She had colon cancer. Right? Had a colon. Um, um, oh, I can't think of what the surgery is called all of a sudden. Where you've got the, you know, long, like you've got the bag. Yeah, we'll call Ostomy. it. A, we'll call it. A, uh, are you talking about a colostomy bag? Yeah, she has a colostomy bag, like yeah. she did. So we're gonna call it a colonectomy for the <laughs> Sure. Um, and then she had endometrial cancer, which is what eventually, right, cost her her life. Um, and she said, "Well, Marianne admitted to us that she had had breast cancer." Yes, there's, a, and she actually told us a very interesting story. A very in a very sweet story. Yeah, a very and very personal. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Well. So we'll we'll share that clip with you because one of the things that she she said frequently is that um, we need to try to listen more because these spirits, these nagging busybodies that exist in this other world, are often trying to communicate with us to help us. Right. They're, they're usually helpful in that sense. I have an interesting story about my cancer, if you'd like to hear it. Sure. Um, My mother had cancer twice. She survived that both times, and Alzheimer's got her. But uh, I'd never done a breast self-check. You know, I know better. But I was laying in bed one night, and I heard her say in my ear, Just do it! So I reached down and did this. And I felt a pea-sized knot right under my fingertips on this side. So I reached over, turned the light on, reached over, grabbed a marker that I keep by my bed with a pad and put a dot on it. And then I called the doctor the next day and I said, I found a lump and it's sore. And I went and looked at it and she said, get in here right now. And then I had surgery within two weeks. The thing is, when I went to get it checked out, 
First they tried mammograms and they don't work for me. And then they did an ultrasound. They found nothing here, hmm. but they found two over here. Huh. And if I hadn't felt that with my fingertips at the time, I never would have gone and gotten these two and the lymph nodes removed. Right. So I felt like she was trying to help me, you know, tell me, take care of this. And by the time I did get uh, everything removed, it was only stage one, but I had two tumors. Hmm. But where I felt it here, went away. It was just my heads up. Right. I wouldn't have believed it unless I'd felt that. Hmm. So that was her way of saying, you know, you got shit to do, don't, don't just roll over and ignore this. Mm-hmm. And I find that a lot. I find a lot of parallels in what I know I should be doing to the messages I get. And um, it's important to not look down on your gut feelings. A lot of people say, well, how do you know what to tell people? I don't, I'm, I get it. I don't know why. I don't know how. I just get what I need to tell them. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense until later. Like some of the stuff I said to you today may make no sense until it does. Mm-hmm. It just lands. I don't know how or why. But it's obviously because there's a message that needs to be given. Mm-hmm. Well, and in this case, she wasn't telling me, like, because, you know, I'm at the age where I start getting mammograms, right? right? That's fine. Um, she wasn't telling me, like, go get a mammogram. She was saying, like, oh, I, could, I felt the tug on my scar, like, from her surgeries. Um, when referencing my grandma, she was like, well, did she hold it off? Like, did she wait too long? I was like, no, she didn't. Like, the reason why it wasn't that big of a deal at the time is because they caught it super early, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was her later cancers that were much bigger deals but also those were caught pretty early they were just aggressive forms of cancer so that one didn't you know really yeah strike me but you know i did i'll admit i did get a little emotional when she was talking about the port she was like and it doesn't hurt anymore right right i did get a little because my grandmother hated it Mm -hmm. right it was painful um so you know that's what i mean of i could see especially if you were my grandmother passed away about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I could see where, especially if you were in the height of mourning, right, had lost somebody pretty recently, that you could easily get swept up. Right. Right. But, you know, if it makes you feel, I mean, it's a nice sentiment to be like, hey, your grandmother didn't like this, and now she doesn't feel the pain anymore. Right. And it's a lovely sentiment. Yeah. Um, one of the things in the reading that, um, I'm not sure if it spooked me a little bit, but, you know, it spooked me a little more as I thought more about it later on. And it's just because I'm a spooky person or I'm easily spooked. And she made some comments about, um, you know, are you seeing, are you the one seeing things out of the corner of your eye? You're mm-hmm. always, yeah. right. And um, she's like, well, you will. You'll start seeing things out of the corner of your eye. Mm. Corner of your eye, corner of your eye. He's, he doesn't do it, but he will start like catching things uh, in specific places where you think it might be occupied. Hmm. Um, have you ever been to Patey House? Probably. I, uh, I have been in where the, um, the Patey House, I've been, Patey House is the museum, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't been in it. I walk by it. I live very close. But I live in Mitchell Park. So oh, okay. I do, I okay. Yeah, you do live very close. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the places where you might see things out of the corner of your eye. Your brain is concentrating, but there's something moving around. And if you turn to look full on, there's nothing moving around. And that freaks me out just, just a little bit because I'm, again, I'm often in the building at work by myself, either on the weekend or early in the morning, um, less so now than I used to be. Or I live by myself in this giant apartment or I go and work on the track uh, or walk on the track or walk on the treadmill in the exercise room later in the evening. And there are times when I feel like, like, it's not like I thought I saw something, but it's that sense of like, you're just by yourself in this big empty space. And it's like, what was that? Right. Uh-huh. And again, but not, so that, 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 I don't want to say that, again, and it just made me a little squirrely the more I thought about it. Cause I'm like, nothing to me is actually probably more terrifying. That's a 
hyperbole. It's a strong overstatement. Um, <laughs> there are lots of things that are terrifying. One of the things I would find terrifying is catching glimpses of something just out of the corner of my eye. Um, that just that weirded me out. Mm. So was there anything that she said that weirded you out aside from the, the thing with your grandmother? Or? And it didn't weird me out. Right. It was just one of those things where I was like, oh. Um, I don't know. I mean, she said some stuff that about me that I don't know if I... Like, I didn't know how to respond to. Like, I didn't know what you say. Right. And so it was just this thing of, like, she told me I need to say no more, which is probably pretty accurate. Yes. Um, And a lot of... Hey, do you want to get lunch? No. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) See how easy it is to say? I ate (laughs) breakfast. Gosh, dang. I I don't remember everything she said about me, but a couple of it, it was like, I, I keep... Some contradictory stuff, right? Which was I hold my cards close to my chest, but also you could read everything on my face. Yeah, which is not quite the. You're a shower, not a teller. Uh, that's a. I don't like that phrase. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm neither show nor tell. Um, gosh dang it! Now I'm thinking of the other phrase that that's based on. Um, I would also like I don't get like I don't get mad, but then I, if I get mad, I you're really mad. Yeah, like I have a temp. Like yeah. you don't want to. I she kind of said like something along the lines of you don't want to cross me, which yeah. to me is very funny because the idea of me getting aggressively angry. Although I have seen you very angry. Yes, and I have gotten angry, but I rarely, if ever, lash out. Like I'll vent, but I don't like lash out at the people who've right. wronged me. Right. No, no shoves down the stairs or something like that. I mean, not that I'm going to admit. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I haven't. Um, I can't remember what other things. She both said that we are we are both of the mind, like right. really focused on the mind. Um, I can't remember. One of the things she did say, and I find this very interesting, and this actually dovetails into something that um, one of our patrons just sent me, as a matter of fact. So she did ask... Um, and I love this. She's like, you know, she, well, not us. She's like, she's like, so, so are you the one? You, you, you like Bigfoot, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I was like, why? Yes, yes, I do like <laughs> myself some Bigfoot. And Doctor Evan very much does not believe in Bigfoot, which is a horrible mistake in your life. That she you did will... tell you to leave Bigfoot alone. Yes, leave him alone. Well, I'm not actively hunting for the Bigfoot, but she did say. That I was going to see him, that she felt like I was going to be out in the woods and that I would see Bigfoot. Um, I kind of have a feeling you're going to see something in the woods that you can't explain. And you're not going to tell people because you don't want people thinking you're crazy. Okay. I would probably tell people I saw something. Would you? Good. Yes. Good. I mean, uh, you might not. Well, because I would explain it away. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly. Yeah. The, yeah, the skeptic in you would yeah. not allow that. Yeah. No, but, I do have a camping trip planned on mm-hmm. in the Olympic Peninsula. So. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly. Well, yes, go big, go bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bigfoot. So maybe if we put all this together, this is, she kept saying like, well, maybe this will land for you later on, right? But it's like, maybe it's like corner of your eye, trees, Bigfoot, right? I catch Bigfoot out of the corner of my eye, right? Um, You know, it is, I mean, it's fun for me because I do like myself some Bigfoot and I'm very interested in that particular cryptid. But um, I am going camping this summer in an area that has been reported to have high Bigfoot activity which is uh, Solduck Hot Springs area around uh, the north part of Olympic National Park in the Olympic Peninsula of Washington. Mm-hmm. But to that end, um, very briefly, listeners, one of our patrons um, sent me a Discord message where they said, and I'm going to quote, um, uh, do, 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 do. Um, I've got a, I got a Bigfoot um, sighting. For the podcast, because again, we get stuff from listeners who are trying to help us out. And um, is this a patron? This is a patron. And um, they said they found very new photographic evidence um, on the internet. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Uh, Bigfoot. So I'm going to. Which patron is this? Uh, this is a jet. Okay. I kind of thought because it was Discord. Yes. Yeah, so um, 
here is the the evidence. It's the first time Dr. Evans seen this, right? I actually found it very compelling as well. But again, I'm primed to see Bigfoot when perhaps it's not Bigfoot. So here you go. Are you ready for this? No. That is a badonkadonk. Huh. So what are your thoughts? That's a naked man <laughs> <laughs> with a, a pronounced derriere. <laughs> So basically, it is this picture of this dude naked walking in the woods, and the way the camera caught the photo, right? He it it's posed the same way as the classic Bigfoot photo, or you know, still from the film that was taken in Northern California with a very big Bigfoot bottom. So I will post the picture on the Facebook page because it's amusing. Um, but, you know, Jet, I think you need to look a little harder for Bigfoot because um, you might actually have created a type 1 or type 2 area, uh, type 1 or type 2 error in research where you're seeing something that's not really there. So we also learned that we should go on a trip together. Yes. But that at some point, one of us is going to want to shove the other one out of the car. Yes, I think we have that clip for you here, so we'll get that ready. Have you guys traveled together before? No. No. I think you'd have a good Kansas time. Kansas City. Yeah, but that's not Yeah, good. no. I don't... I hate <laughs> driving in Kansas City. But, uh, you know, if you took a trip together... One of the two of you would want be wanting to open the door at one point and push him out. Uh, it's probably her pushing I, me out. Yeah, <laughs> I think you could take me first. Um, all right. I think Dr. Everman would probably shove me out of the car. No, you are way moodier than me. <laughs> um, wait, moodier? I'm moodier than you are, dude. Yeah, do that. You have many moods. I have PMS. You have many moods. <laughs> but which is more devastating in a car? Um, I don't know, but... I'm more manic, for sure. Here's the problem with the two of us, is that um, I want everything perfectly mapped out. And you do, too, to an extent. Um, but I don't know if this is true or not. But I feel like if we had to deviate from that, I would... Especially, I would handle it slightly better. But who knows? I don't know. I've never been on a road trip with you. Yeah, no, I'm actually a very good traveler in that the only thing I care about if I is if I have a place to sleep at night, right? I, I do like to go with the flow. I mean, it's nice to know what you're going to do, but sometimes you get to walk backwards into the future. Um, but I don't think we would have a problem once we arrived anywhere. No, no, it's just um, getting there. Yeah, but regardless, uh, that's when he threatened me with camping. Yeah. And then the other thing, um, and we do have a clip of this interesting conversation as well. Um, I did discover that apparently the nosy, nagging, busybody spirits on Dr. Evans' side believe that she's a bit of a metal headbanger <laughs> in terms of music. The word, <laughs> the word metal kept coming up several times. Um, not metal, but metal. M-E-T-A-L. And um, then something about music and... Again, we'll share some of the clip of this little conversation because it um, was it was really about Dr. Evans' choice of music. Are you, oh good God, are you a headbanger? No. Okay. Okay. No. You can, though that's a little over the edge for you. I get you know, like you like the, the sound, the noise of it, but that's not, no. Well, because all all we said was, I don't even remember how it came up now, but basically it was, I like harder music than does Dr. Ed. But even my metal music I listen to is pop metal. It is not, you know, I'm, I was going to say I don't listen to a lot of Slipknot, but I do. Um, That's not poppy metal. But I'm just saying, like, I don't listen to a ton of metal. I listen to lots of stuff. Oh, because she was asking about country music. And you were like, I don't like country music at all. You like especially classic Yeah, country. very much so. Very much so. Um, and I think your spirits told you to listen to more of that. Listen to more classic country. Yeah, and and mine didn't tell me anything about my music, but just that. She, she all of a sudden did go, are you a headbanger? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> kind of. No, I don't. I would hurt my neck. 
Um, but you got bangs for it and a bob. I do have bangs and a bob, but um, I would not be a good headbanger. Uh, but there were other things like, um, oh, she kept saying the word Indian kept popping up. And she was like, well, that's not what I call Native, Native Americans. Americans. She, so she thought it was a motorcycle at first. That didn't land anywhere. No, because I don't have... I mean, I have the classic someone in my family has said that they had Native American heritage, right. but that's like... As every of, family does. Yes. It was, and I don't think I do, right? Yeah. Like, not actually. Yeah. the D, My DNA test does not show any. No. And like, again, it's just that weird connection that lots of Americans have with wanting to connect with Native American heritage, right. even though you don't have any of it. Anyway. Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, I did spend that summer on the... Because my parents were part of the Indian reburial movement. Oh, yeah. Um, and... I did spend some time in a tent. Oh. Um, I was little. Developing your deep love of camping. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Because someone stole my gem doll. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. It's all. See, this is where it lands. You'll have to, you'll have to message. Someone. My mother left us in the car and somebody else didn't put their car in park. And it, it rolled down a hill and hit us. We were fine because our car was parked and it was just rolling down a hill. And... Some child stole my gem doll. And my gem doll was the one where you pinched her, like, you did, you, I'm making a motion that no one can see but you. But you basically, like, pinched around her neck and pushed on her shoulders, and she would oh, move dance. like she was dancing. I was very upset when that gem doll was stolen, by the way. Well, there you go. Um, so maybe that's why I don't like camping. I spent too long in Illinois. What else did she talk about? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember now. Um, she asked about cars. Right, which makes, that was one of the things that never landed at all. Um, she's like, you, you're going to have, you have car problems. I'm like, well, I'm low on windshield wiper fluid. And she's like, no, you, your car needs an alignment. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Um, but then she was suggesting that perhaps it was your, um, your father who you do not have a relationship with that he, who was not passed away. No. Was somehow. Knowledge. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was, that one was a little, like I could <clears> even tell you were. You were kind of like, mm. yeah. I feel I felt like you know this is any connection or any landing is tenuous and off the mark. Um, other things that we did uh, address, and I, I did one of the things that's happening is something something is big is happening in March, and this just landed with me. And I'm not going to share the numbers that were given to us because now I know she gave us five numbers. Those are the five core numbers in a March Powerball drawing. That's what happened. So, she did talk a lot about gambling, um, but it was mostly like in a bad way. Yeah. To which I was like, oh, and this is where I said, um, I revealed that I don't gamble very rarely. I don't right. buy lottery tickets or anything like that. And I said something along the lines of, there are some relatives in my family who have had issues with mm-hmm. that. And she was like, oh, so, oh, I, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're somebody who like watches and then bases your behavior on that. And I wanted to be a little bit like, that's what people do. <laughs> right? Like a little bit like that's how you grow up, right? Like if you see bad modeling of something, you find a different yes. model, right? Yes. Like if you see, you know, um, alcoholism, right. right? Then you are more likely to consider different paths. Right. Well, and she said the same thing um, about myself and my dad. Yeah. Um, like, oh, you, you're striving to the opposite of your father. I'm like, well, of course, because he's a horrible person, right? Who wouldn't do that? And I mean, this is where listeners, where I start to feel a little bit of a disconnect. And again, I feel with this particular reading, there's nothing that happened in this reading um, that that made me less skeptical about about psychics and and what they bring to the table for someone like me, right? Because I really felt like there were just more misses. You ask a general question, then you ask some follow up questions, and you can get to that. Again, that's how moneyed psychics make a lot of money, right? Like John Edwards in the audience. You know, has anyone has anyone here lost someone recently, right? Oh, was it, you know, anyone lost a grandfather? And you, you're fishing, right? Yeah. This was a little different because, again, she had preemptively written stuff down. There wasn't anything really there that really captured me. There was one thing, though, um, and I'd like to kind of shift. I, I guess let me ask your final thoughts on your psychic reading. I found our conversation most compelling when she was not talking about us. Mm-hmm. She was talking about some other stuff. I did ask her a question, and I won't reveal exactly what the question was because I think it might bother someone who might listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I asked about essentially relationships between, mm-hmm. like, the living and the dead, right? And kind of like, 
does that get figured out? Right. And it was a very vague non-response. Right. Which is basically like, well, I mean. If they want to. And basically both the living have to work on it, which is essentially like, of course they do, because you can't work with the dead person anymore. Um, So that one kind of like, okay. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was just very clear of sometimes when we asked questions, there wasn't a way for her to answer them to my satisfaction. Right. 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 I'm not saying she didn't answer it, but not to my satisfaction. So I would say if you already, if you believe in this, she would be a great person to go to. Yes. Because she was incredibly warm and kind and funny and like, I think she would be a delightful friend. Yeah. Um, If you don't believe, I don't, no, I mean, like I walked out of there as skeptical as when I walked in. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I wasted my time or my money. No, um, it was a fun experience. Yeah, I don't think I would seek it out again. At least not in this context. And maybe, I mean, she kept apologizing about like, well, when I'm reading two people, yeah, it's it's harder, right? Which would if if I could see that, right? Because unless someone is like, hello, <laughs> I'm here for Ed. Please tell Ed. <laughs> That he needs to drink more water, <laughs> right? It's not gonna. You're kind of right. You know, fishing in the ether yeah. um, to try and figure things out. Um, I was also a little perplexed, and again, not a bad thing. You had actually asked a really good question, which was about. Um, so are these like? How do you talk to them? Like, are these people who have not moved on? Right. It's... Are you able, sort of like, if you believe in heaven, are you able to sort of like reach into heaven and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah. And I didn't... Yeah, we have that clip. We'll play that clip okay. for you. Because um, it, it really was a question about why why are why are these particular ghosts here, right? And part of the, part of the challenge in, in the reading for me was she kept referencing, like, you know, there's these spirits, these busybodies, right? And by implication, they're family members... Or close friends, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, because she kept talking about, like, she kept referencing, like, the laughter. And she was like, I feel a lot of grandpa energy. Yeah. Which is, I had both of my grandfathers I knew well. Yeah, I did um, not know either of mine or very well. one of them less well. But, you know I mean? Like, I knew them. Yeah. And had relationships. And they didn't die until I was in my, in college. Right. Right. So, and your grandfathers just. Yeah, I never yeah. knew, I never knew my grandfather on my dad's side and my grandfather on my mom's side died when I was, like, five i believe right so you just didn't have i just didn't know them in that in that sense but you know the question was is like well you know why are these people here why are they hanging around um and you know i i you know her answer was interesting if again sort of vague and like i said we have this clip that will kind of hear her discuss this particular uh sort of story so if I'm asked one question, not about our reading, yeah, but this is—it's interesting as we go through this because you're getting, you know, nagging voices or impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question is: is these these voices that you're hearing, mm-hmm. um, or these impressions you're getting, uh, like when everyone passes away, does everyone just stick around, or are there? Are you hearing this certain group of people for, like, why are they here and mm-hmm. others not? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a sort of question. Because, of course, as we talk a lot um, in, in, in this sort of academic sense about, you know, death and dying uh-huh. and ghosts, right? There's this, you know, we always say, well, why are ghosts and spirits here? Or they have unfinished business or laying around. Mm-hmm. And once that's done, they move beyond. So do you hear people because they're, they're stuck here? Do you hear people because they want to be here? Could you hear people who have moved beyond and are communicating from it's a, a little, celestial? It's a little bit of everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I come into this place, I'm communicating with a lot of residual energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, fingerprints everywhere, you know. And sometimes I hear the fingerprints. Sometimes I see the fingerprints. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, they can be stuck, especially if there's regret, um, like there's issues with both of you, uh, generational issues with other people. And um, if somebody, like my father is such a nuisance because he had so much that he felt regret about. Mm-hmm. And like if I communicate with him, very often I have to tell him, 
I'm tired. <laughs> Let me go. You know, we'll talk about right. this later. He's never going to go anywhere because I'm his daughter. I was his favorite daughter. Mm-hmm. Little did I know. But honestly, I took care of both of my parents till they died. And um, I'm in a position to have borne the brunt of their bad feelings mm-hmm. and their good feelings. And um, my dad died first. And my mother had Alzheimer's and did not, she didn't know who the hell he was anymore, right. you know. And I think that that was actually a relief for her because they did not have, it was not a fairy tale, right. you know. And I think that if they have to talk to us, if there's something to be said, they'll find a way. Sure. I also believe that a lot of them are busy bodies and they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And then there's crime victims. I've worked with dead crime victims, and they want to be heard. Mm -hmm. They want to be heard. They want justice, and they want to know that their lives mattered. Right. Uh, So I hear from them. There's such a thing as portals, moving in and out, moving in and out. And I don't know what it is about the structures. Well, kind of. But stairs. People always think that, oh, there's a ghost on the stairway. They love stairs. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. But they do. I, it, maybe it's because they climb the stairs 15 times a day their entire lives. Right. I don't know. It might be territorial, but there's also a way of thinking that that's kind of uh, a metaphor for ascending rather than descending, you know. Right. Uh, a lot of religious taboos come in, too. You know, the people that would tell you, oh, don't do that, you know, you could take something home. Or, you know, when in reality, it's what you brought in with you, really. (laughs) And you do have people on both your sides that have things to say. And uh, we don't pay enough attention to our dreams either. That's another thing. Uh, Have you ever written down your dreams? No. Can be extremely cathartic, and we can be getting mess messages that we just didn't even know we were getting. Right. Um. I. It's up to them. Uh, it's up to them how they do it, if they do it, and a lot of people. I've been in a position where I've made people go move along. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and sometimes they don't want to move along if they haven't been a very nice person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it makes you wonder where people that do egregious acts towards other where, where they go. Right. And it, 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 there's the bias, religious, heaven or hell. Or do they go to purgatory or are they stuck in a waiting room? Is it like Beetlejuice, you know? <laughs> where, yeah, they're stuck in the waiting room for eternity and that's their hell. Right. We... We often make our hell here while we're alive. Yeah. But what I want to do is, after we have these, since we've had kind of our, our summation of how we yep. felt, um, uh, I do think that we should uh, also talk a little bit about some of the other things she talked about, which was a little bit about the baby house. Mm-hmm. So one of the interesting things she did say, because I did ask this question, as we transition to the Beatty Mansion, um, was whether or not there was any malevolent spirits in the Beatty Mansion. Um, Because one of the documentaries I saw suggested that there was a malevolent presence in the basement. So. So final question for me, Mm because I know your time is important, but... um, Again, the documentary that I watched, the the Ghost Hunters or whatever they were, I don't even recall. Was it the um, Tennessee Wraith Chasers? No, it was okay. not them. And I mean, I, I you know, I'm I'm savvy enough to know a lot of this stuff ends up being manufactured or exaggerated for mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, marketing mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. Um, but my question is, is you know, since you've been here, um, have you ever had an encounter in any way that was negative with a spirit here um because again because what they said in one of the in, in the documentaries in the basement there's like a malevolent presence that is often felt down there the living people brought that okay the people that used to manage it before we took it on were doing seances here 
first time I got a tour of this place, I knew more about the building and the history than the girl that gave me the tour, the same one you saw on, okay. on that documentary. Uh, I asked her specific questions and she couldn't tell me, so I just relied on what I heard. Right. But uh, I have been choked. I've been choked. I've been pushed. Uh, I've had <clears throat> growling in my ear. Um, the thing is uh, that I know how basically to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But people, living people brought negative things in. Right. They also, she never would say that probably, but they also had drawn a pentagram downstairs in the basement. Mm -hmm. And I got a real issue with people conjuring and using the dead as entertainment. Mm -hmm. I have a very big issue with that. We don't allow Ouija boards. We don't allow spell casting. We don't allow any conjuring of any type. Right. My main thing is because this place was chock full of children right. and vulnerable people that do not deserve to be exploited. I think I've chased out a lot. I mean, I've cleansed the place about every other month. It's 20,000 square feet. Right. So you've got room for a lot of stuff. But I've finally... What? Okay. <laughs> Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and they, like I said, they're mischievous like children. I've got a, a ton of equipment and I've got, have you ever seen the structured light sensor cameras where they have the skeletal yeah. things? I've got one of those and they love to swing on the chandelier in the parlor. Really? Uh, seriously. And I've got footage of me standing there and them climbing on me and huh. them going back up. And they also ride Buford, the, the uh, antelope or the elk in there. Okay. They ride on him, literally, yeehaw, huh. like that. It was hilarious. And uh, the vulnerable people uh, deserve to be left in peace, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And plus, this is Eliza's home. Right. People say, oh, she only goes through one area of the house. No. If she was left this house and all she was left was this house, she's going anywhere she wants. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, she follows me around. I'm kind of one of the nieces. Their name was Marianne. Oh, okay. And uh, Armstrong also inherited, when his father died, a slave who was named Marianne. So when I came in here and I said, Hi, I'm Marianne, first thing I did was hear, Who? And I said, Not that one. I'm this one, you know. But yeah, it's, it's funny how it's all come full circle. And I was telling my dad when I was just 10 years old, I need to be in that building. Well, you're not going to go in there. That's the old folks' home. It's where they go to die. And I said, These people are like everywhere. You know, they didn't, I didn't think they were dead. <laughs> And then what were some of the other interesting things, Dr. Evan, that you felt that she brought up about the Beatty house itself? A, the big question. The big question, which we'll get to the big question in a minute because okay. it's, it, it'll be, maybe we'll end on the big okay, question. Okay, so basically she did say that she had felt pulled to the house since she was a kid. Yes. And that her dad was like, no, 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 you don't, like that's where you... People go to die. Right. Because when she, you know, if we're thinking that she was born, you know, in the 50s, um, that was still an operation and that was like the home of the friendless and that's where, you know, orphans and older folks, had, Yeah, it had mostly transitioned into pretty much a nursing home by that I point. think, yeah, but she, and she had said like, something like, oh, I see all these people. And he was like, well, there's no one there with the suggestion that yeah. she was seeing as a young person ghosts right. that were there. Um, but she, she kept talking about like, I really felt pulled to this house and I'm, I'm living my dream mm -hmm. because essentially she manages it. Her and her husband manage it now. Um, obviously the gentleman who owns it still owns it and is ultimately responsible for the home. But we had the reading there because she has the keys just to right. go in. And she, from what I could gather, she also manages the nights that people stay over. Yeah. Um, and she's the primary investigator. Yeah, yep. as, as she indicated in her clip. Yeah, and also like, and she's. I did watch a couple of brief clips from a couple of the documentaries she referenced, mm -hmm. um, in which you know she was saying the same kind of stuff she told us. Um, who felt very pulled to the mansion that she, other than you know, obviously you heard that clip about the malevolent spirit that she basically doesn't feel bad when she's there like there's no. nothing that she feels negative she said 
Um, there's a lot of... Uh, <clears throat> Kid energy. Yeah, which again, since there were children there. But she did talk a lot about, not all of this is spirit. Because she kept talking about the fingerprints. Right. That like, you know, when she goes upstairs, sometimes she feels drunk. Because... At one point it was a fraternity house. Which I'm not... I didn't... I had, And that's not on their website. So who knows? She's doing right. a lot of historical research, which again, I understand is difficult. And you're going to have yeah. conflicting stuff, etc. But, you know, she was saying like... Those dudes aren't there. Right. Their spirits aren't there. She's just getting that, like, psychic Residue. imprint. yeah. Right? Um, but she did say that the kids like to ride the chandelier, which I, if that's true, that's adorable. And they also like to ride the giant elk. Who had a name. He also wears a hat, but I can't think of yes. what his name is. But um, very cute. Yes. Um, there's she, there's also, she also discussed, and we'll play this clip, um, there's someone there that people refer to as the grumpy man. Yeah, um, who she, I actually liked that story. Who she believes is the caretaker. So we'll play that clip for you here. Well, I think that's the handyman. We got a handyman. He always tells us when something's wrong, too. He uh, grumbles, you know, and I right. thought I was down in the basement putting things back because living people always mess stuff up. <laughs> so I come in behind him and, you know, make sure I ask him, well, I hope they're nice to you, and they actually tell me. And I was hearing this growling, you know, and I said, well, I'm getting ready to leave. I, if I'm in your way, I'm sorry, I'm getting ready to leave. And then I heard, ah, and I was I'm serious. I'm getting ready to leave. And then I noticed that it was going off towards the kitchen area in the basement. And I looked in, and he was trying to get me to follow him. I think it's a caretaker. They call him the grumpy man, but they were trying to, he was trying to get me to follow him so I could see that the sewer was backing up huh. in the kitchen, or in the kitchen in the basement. Hmm. I wouldn't have known it otherwise. Wow. And we would have had a really big issue. Yeah. And we had renters coming, and he was trying to tell me, it's not happening, you right. know, and so we knew what we needed to do to fix it. But he likes to show us what needs to be done. And he also, we were playing the stereo, my husband was doing plumbing. It's just him and I that manage the place. Right. My husband was doing the plumbing and we had some, um, like some Glenn Miller on. We had this, an obscure channel we were getting that day on the stereo, so we had Glenn Miller and some kind of... Uh, swing type music, you know, that I, my mother loved, that I like. And I thought, they'll like this, you know, they'll kind of like this. And while we were loading the dishwasher, we heard, ah, and then <laughs> changed the station on the radio. Really? It scanned through Nirvana. <laughs> we went from Glenn Miller to Nirvana. And my husband, this was all the way at the other side of the room. We weren't near the stereo at all. Right. And I said, you did hear that. And he goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> I said, well, it's kind of like, who the hell was that? They love to play with my husband. Okay. They love to lock doors behind him, turn lights on and off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it drives him nuts. She also talked about some of the other tragedies of the house. Well, and the caretaker clip, which was funny, like, obviously you heard about it, but I just love this idea that he was like, go... But he can't tell her, go look at the yeah. sewer line. It's like... <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so. Um, she talked about some of the tragedies. So she did talk about... Uh, she came in and she heard... Um, oh, yeah. The very first. Yeah. The, she heard about... She heard a suicide. So she heard a, a whoosh and a crack. There were some suicides here. Mm-hmm. One of them in the stairway back there. It's the first thing I saw. When I came in, I heard whoosh and then crack. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, somebody just hung themselves. But, you know, drug-addicted people. There's also some abuse here, I think. Um, understaffed, under-cared for, the building needed a lot of work, and then they just kind of left it, and it became all those other things. But that's another potential spirit that is there. Um, Eliza, she's had, she said she's had conversations with yes, Eliza. Yes, yes. Apparently Eliza is quite chatty uh, with her. Um, and that's because um, there is a connection with her name. Yeah, that there was an enslaved woman uh, named yeah, Marianne. Yeah, we can play that clip for her as well. Um, let Marianne we, tell the story in her own terms. One of the nieces, their name was Marianne. Oh, okay. And uh, 
Armstrong also inherited, when his father died, a slave who was named Marianne. So when I came in here and I said, hi, I'm Marianne, first thing I did was hear, who? And I thought, not that one. I'm this one, you know. But yeah, it's, it's funny how it's all come full circle. And I was telling my dad when I was just 10 years old, I need to be in that building. Well, you're not going to go in there. That's the old folks' home. It's where they go to die. And I said, these people are like everywhere. You know, they didn't, I didn't think they were dead. We also found out that Armstrong is still in the house. Um, we often hear about Eliza, but we don't hear about Armstrong. And she did talk a little bit about Armstrong. Is Armstrong here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that was one thing that was unclear to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I again... He was... whistles. Okay. He whistles, makes... He loves to whistle. The first night I was here, that we actually spent the night, I heard whistling. I heard Eliza singing. We heard piano music. Uh, and, and just about six months ago, the dumb waiter, all, the kitchen yeah. is in the basement, and they had a dumb waiter, and the buzzer started working on it. Huh. It did not work for generations. <laughs> all of a sudden, started working. Okay. <laughs> and Armstrong um, likes to, we can't go, you can't go out on the second floor balconies anymore because they're nervous that they'll collapse. Right. But um, she suggested to, actually not in our reading but in something else that you can sometimes if you're very attuned you can maybe see him right out on the balcony looking out because apparently he liked to look out towards the river right the river and the city which was a because again the house sits up on a big hill so it's pretty unobstructed mm-hmm. so i guess to wrap up our chat let's talk about the big question so i asked the question okay what's the question did eliza murder armstrong So I just have a question, because okay. this is a thing of debate between okay. Ed and I. Oh, please. Which is, so we had learned about Armstrong and Eliza, mm-hmm. and he had read that there were rumors. Allegations. Allegations. That she Suspicions. killed him. Yes, and I don't think she did, and he thinks she did. Absolutely not. She didn't have it in her. The thing is, he had all the money. Right. What was she going to do? He had all the money and all the property was in his name. He left it all to the nieces and nephews. I found conflicting information that he gave her a third of all of his holdings. And then also there's another uh, tidbit that she had nothing but the house. Right. And a lot of that, I think, is surmised by people that were trying to make the place big and scary. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not jiving with historical fact. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like he wasn't always warm and fuzzy, you know. And they never had children. She couldn't bear children. She did tell me that her baby was in the garden. And so I feel like she had a, a uh, miscarriage. All This whole side here that goes down to the street, it was all gardens. It was really beautiful. And that's where she got uh, her pleasure from, as well as the nieces and nephews that they brought in. So, definitive proof that I am correct. Again, and here's where I say Dr. Evans' logic is wrong, because if Dr. Evans doesn't believe in ghosts, how can that be definitive proof of anything? Because Eliza is not real, right? Period. So I still think... All the evidence tells us that she did not kill Armstrong. But you just said that was definitive proof. That's not definitive proof. That's definitive proof from the psychic. Yes. Um, But no, I I do think, like, she knew even knew what we were going to ask. Sure. So that was... It's a common question because it's a common story. Um, And again, it's like how many licks it takes to get to a center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop. The world will never know. We will be more confident about uh, some explanations than others, but we'll never truly know. Um, but what I will say is that we now want to go back more than ever. Yes. And explore. Because she was saying, she was like, everyone has experiences and we'll see. Right? right. I'm, I, I, now that I've kind of seen it, A, I still don't really want to sleep there. But yeah. I will. Kind of gross. <laughs> um, but I will very happily. Be there at night. Yeah. With a warm coat. Well, we need to go in the spring yeah. where we have the nice balance between yeah. too hot, mm-hmm. which is miserable, and too cold, which I can work up. Um, the other thing, though, as we wrap this up, um, she did say at one point, we don't need to clip for it because it's very brief, but she said at one point, she said she kept seeing something over your shoulder, mm-hmm. right? 
and I know what she was seeing. She didn't say, but she said she, she keeps seeing something. And then you actually got like goosebumps, chills yeah. in the goosebump. Yeah, but also she was telling me where it was, yeah. and so I might have just felt like it was there because yeah. she kept looking over. Yes. Um, but no, I got the whole like hair on your neck goosebumps yeah. feeling. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't a bad feeling. It was just like oh, right. So anyway, spooky listeners, um, that will wrap up our conversation. I wish we had definitive proof about psychics and whether psychics are real or not, but that wasn't our purpose. It was our goal to just have a reading. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I said, I am not less skeptical of what a psychic can bring to my life, but perhaps a psychic can bring something to your life that you need. Yeah, and obviously we are coming at it from an already skeptical perspective. Um, but what I will say, I, I know I keep iter- reiterating this, but I just want to make it very clear that like, she's a one, like she's great. Yes. No, there's and no duplicity, nothing nefarious. No bad feelings at all. I mean, she, we were there far longer than. I than think. we paid for. Yeah. And she was open and answered questions, even if they weren't to my satisfaction. I don't think she was like yeah. trying to cause you know any issues etc so if you are in this area and are interested in a reading i do think that she would be a great person to have a reading with. yeah we're going to recommend to to a couple of friends and colleagues i I might have already (laughs) that have an interest in this yeah um but the other thing too just know that there does seem to be at least from her experience a connection between some spirit world and ours and that we should sometimes listen to our gut our gut because often our it's not our gut it's not our, you know, um, asset reflux talking. It is oh, one my, of our... Mine barks at me. <laughs> it's one of our nagging um, busybody spirits from the other world trying to lead us in the right direction. So um, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, if you have any questions or comments, let us know on the Facebook page. You can yeah. always message us whatever stories you want us to tell. And we'll also, um, she has her own Facebook page. Yes. So I think it might be cool for us to link yeah. to the Facebook so she, they can... Take a look at her stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, thank you to our patrons. Yes. Um, we funded this ourselves, um, which was not a big deal. Yes. Right? We're it not was... asking for money. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, remember that when we talk about our patrons, that they are kind in giving us soda money. Yes, yes. And we love them. So yes. thank you to the captain. The jet. For, um, the jet, especially for the wonderful Bigfoot photo. Yes. Um, apple pie. Ghost it. The Moth Mistresses. The Ghost Whisperer. The Bootlegger. Creepy Crawl Space Girl. Manny uh, Penny. Um, a Gypsy Queen. Philosophaster. Philosophaster. Uh, do we miss anyone? Probably. Probably. We always do. Yes, but we love you all. Thank you. Yes, and we love you listeners. Thank you for listening, and until next time. Stay spooky. Ooh. And visit a psychic.